Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. Welcome, everybody, to the Screen Looker Podcast. I am your host, Martin Ben. With me today, we have Daniel George. How are you doing today, sir? I'm currently sending a spooky Super Mario Odyssey screenshot to the Twitterverse. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a horror in Super Mario Odyssey now? There are no horrors in Super Mario. Horror, horror, not, not. It's I know what I heard. It definitely sounded like the other thing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm agreeing with Daniel. It definitely sounded like the other thing. Literally, my least favorite word in the English language. I apologize if that's what it sounded like, but that is not what I meant. Do you prefer Danny DeVito's hooer? No, I. I like Chris Farley. (laughs) No, no variation of the word, honestly. <laughs> um, that that went really off the rails. Uh, Eric, how are you doing today? That's the other voice you hear. Eric Chrisman. <laughs> I'm buried in games, and only one of them is brand new. <laughs> yeah, I think well, everyone... I'll talk about that when we get to what we've been playing. Yeah, I I think we're all buried in games. I'm I'm buried in games from three years ago that I still haven't finished yet. So you know, I mean, it's... I mean, I've got, I've got those too, but I'm talking recent acquisitions. Oh man. So yeah, let's just uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, Daniel George, what have you been playing, my man? I've been playing um, Frog Fractions Two. This oh. is a cool little game. Okay. Okay. Where you divide things. It's got a little bit and of a cult following. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing some Minesweeper. Um, you know, I actually recently just discovered, like, I just look at Minesweeper and press buttons. <laughs> <laughs> then I kind of got, I'm like, oh, this is fun. So I've been playing that. Um, Did you discover how to actually uh, play that game? Any clickers? <laughs> free. Uh, uh I knew how to, I learned how to play my sweeper now, so I can do it on very hard. Oh, all right. Well, there you um, go. Leet. I uh, <laughs> I played some free cell. Um, uh, I was playing some um, some match three game on. So, oh yeah, I played Super Mario Odyssey as well. <laughs> Found some time for that, did you? Yeah, you I, I, I squeaked in some minutes. Um. So, Some minutes between your 1995 computer games and Nintendo Switch. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, he, he had to quit playing that snow, that uh, skiing one at some point. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that one. I don't think it came to Canadian computers. I just remember when you play it long enough, like a Yeti comes out and kills you. Yes. Like, it doesn't let you win. Yes, it does. It <laughs> is the win. most ridiculous game. I Yeah. I've been, oh yeah, and 3D pinball. Uh, so, but let me get back to the Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, it's really fun. I've only been playing a few hours. I've got to like the first three or four worlds, but as a completionist, knowing there's over a thousand moons, I've been going back to every level. I think there's under a thousand, but it's close. Like uh, thou- Dan Rucker just many. said, he had 908 moons on the uh, on the Beast cast. Yeah, so. That's many. So what I've been doing is just every time get for the the very beginning of this game is you're trying to be uh, following Bowser and Peach and you're trying to stop them from their sham wedding Mm -hmm. through the power of evil hats. They're evil. They can take over minds. They're evil. (laughs) I am steadfast on this. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric, do you disagree? Uh, evil hats taking over minds are evil, correct? I mean, we need to hear both sides. What what what, what, what do the hats have to say? <laughs> <laughs> what what are they, what what was their life like before they got to this point? Really, I you got to know. <laughs> There's some fine hats on both yeah. sides. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, yeah, like it's really really fun. Uh, the only thing that I can agree with on the on the player haters guide to hating super mario odyssey is that it's fantastically easy is right it? now right now there was one point uh one moon that i was trying to get that was quite frustrating so i can anticipate it being difficult at its most hard mm-hmm. times like uh super mario 3d world was fairly easy but once you get to uh the secret level then uh then it becomes a lot more harder especially on the final but I can see that, like, it. Uh, think about it this way: uh, to quote George Orwell's Animal Farm, mm-hmm. all all moons are equal, but some moons are more equal than others. <laughs> if that makes oh, any sense. Okay. All right. Um, I'll, I'll let you some, roll with that. <laughs> some moons, you're like, oh, there's a dog. It uncovered it, and now you have a moon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, great. <laughs> and then others, okay. you're like, okay, let me navigate this maze that keeps falling, uh, that keeps like moving blocks, and mm-hmm. then you keep falling, and then you start crying, and then you realize, <laughs> oh, it's probably because I'm frustrated at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think the the secret to a good Mario game is that it. It does start out easy and gets you gets you lulling. You think you're good, and then they just throw one random thing at you, and you're just like, you know, I'm never going to get that red coin to get this last star. I'm just gonna move on to the next painting. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I'm specifically talking about the difficulty right now because I know Eric will, has been playing and will want his own commentary on it. So let me just like say that, like, full disclosure, I've been. I've gone back and completed most of the first four levels or mm-hmm. four worlds. So I think I've fully completed the phase of the, the sand desert world. It's no <laughs> longer, it's, it's now Fuego instead of whatever Spanish for cold is. Frio. Frio? Yeah, I, yes. Oh, I like Frios. They're, they're good crunchy <laughs> uh, snacks. What the hell? Oh, oh man. Uh, from what I can tell, it's got a very nice charm. The music's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That that I I know I should be expecting this after um the Jump Galaxy Up Superstar. Games. After, well, after Jump Up Superstar, there's nothing quite like that in the game. It's but still, that is disappointing. Very, nice. very disappointing. <laughs> Well, he hasn't finished the game yet. Maybe there is. Yeah, <laughs> maybe there we don't, is. We, we, neither of us know yet. Yeah, I mean, maybe it could be a section of the game where you're, uh, you're with all the flapper girls, and that live action performance is in the game. You never know. You never know. Yeah, who knows? It could be a new Donk City, which but, is uh, the greatest city to name. In New Donk. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Eric. Uh, everyone. Are you uh, are you close to that same 
same point in the first four um, worlds? Or? I think he's a little ahead of me because I, I literally just finished uh, New Donk City before uh, logging on here. I did not so, reach New Donk City. Okay, okay, so I am a little ahead of you. It's Despite all the video of it, it's not as big a part of the game as you would think. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just it's just a world like any other world, but there's a lot of cool stuff going on in it. And it had so far uh, easily my favorite sequence in the game, and probably one of my favorite sequences of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've I've I pretty much am on board with what Daniel says. It's really charming, although I don't think I found it as charming until I got to New Donk City. Like I was thinking, like I I was thinking of some of the outlier reviews and said, oh, this is a really good Mario game, but it's not, you know, mind blowing or whatever. And then when I got to, then when I did get to new Donk city, that's when they started showing a lot more and opened up a lot more stuff. Oh, and, okay. Um, and, you know, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm not a completionist on this kind of stuff. Like I'll get extra moons, but if I feel I've got enough and the rest of them look kind of hard and frustrating, it's like, okay, if I've got enough to move on and I don't really feel like getting these other ones, I'm just going to move on and maybe come back for them later if I feel like it. So, so is there... So Daniel might even have more moons than me, even though I'm further than him. <laughs> I guess... You don't like 60 moons or something. You don't need a lot of moons to move on from place to place. It's, uh, you know, 15 here, 20 there, whatever. And, it, and the extras you get on one place count towards the next. So if you've picked up a lot of one, that'll go towards the next place, too. So let's let's uh, let's pull things back a little bit here, just so we can understand. So you all are in like an overworld, or like how do you know? You, like where? Me, how do you figure uh, out where you're going next? Well, it's at least so far it's pretty linear. You have this. Basically, the story is. Well, I don't want to get into the story too much, but um, you have a ship that you power up by finding moons, and once you okay. get enough moons, you move on to the next place, and so far, I've had it where it can branch off to one of two places, and you can go to one and then the other, and you can pick which one. Mm-hmm. But there isn't much variety beyond that. There's not like an open, you know, and each, but the but the individual worlds are pretty big and have a, and contain a lot and are really densely packed with, you know, little little things to see. And like I said, I mean, you find moons. I mean, there's challenges, but you, I mean, you find moons in crates. You find them in the ground people will just bring them up for you to talking to them if you find them in the right spot so you're you're rarely short on moons too so if you just want to go through the game it's not that hard either yeah and it's not like the divergent space branches are like a star fox game it's pretty much like where do you want to go first yeah that's what i was gonna gonna ask next on content if you pick one gotcha okay so it's it's um it's similar to the format that they've used in other Mario games, uh, or I should say the other 3D Mario games, where you're uh, you're in some kind of overworld, or in this case, a hat. And then the hat <laughs> will tell you where you can go next. Can you see, like, all the places already? No. Or no, is it like it? up as you go. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds Which I cool. think is a cool surprise, because then you'll be like, oh, I can go to, you know, oh, I can go to this ice place now, or this wooden place, or this, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a couple places that like I haven't been to um, the Food Kingdom yet. That hasn't opened up for me yet, which they've shown in some previews. Yeah, yeah. I'm a. I uh, that was one of the things that I was um, when going into like Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy. Those are 
that was kind of the things where it was like you could run all over the place in sunshine, but then like you'd randomly run into something you couldn't do. It was weird. Uh, and then the same thing uh, with, uh, I, I mean, if I remember Mario Galaxy right, you could see a good amount of places. And then as you collected more stars, it opened up the map more as well. So yeah, it seems like they you do uh, certain things on certain worlds, you know, other places might become available based that based on that so it, it looks uh, like it also has that uh they uh accounted for or using the extra development time they had considering they haven't made uh one of these like this in in quite a while it looks like they did the same they did with zelda where they basically said if you can think of it you can try it have you all tried to break the game in any way while you're playing i mean only in what only in, you know, it's like, what can I put my hat on and how can I do that? And it's a little more, you know, they they kind of sell the idea that, oh, you can possess anything. Uh, no, it's a, it's actually, I mean, you can possess a lot of stuff, but it's still like very much a focused platforming game and exploration where you do, where you are Mario a large majority of the time and there's only certain things you can possess. All right. How about you, uh, Daniel? Have you been trying to stretch the limits of the rules a bit? Um, not really. Pretty much, I've just been hopping around as a frog and going very high up. And you could go... Here's... Uh, now, now that reminds me of something I do not like. Um, I'm a handheld Nintendo Switch player, so I usually have it... The Joy-Cons docked inside the console and the console removed from the dock. Right. I shouldn't have said docked for the Joy-Cons because that's confusing. <laughs> but um, Slid on. Like, they are, they have been slid on. That, yeah, they have. <laughs> uh, but um, to do, to find some of the hardest to find uh, moons that are highest up, you need to do shake motions. Mm. They're the only way you can reach them. So, for example, if you're a frog and you're on a top hat and you have to jump up to get a moon, you, you get a higher jump, normally yeah. jump. You have to flick the controller. Usually, they want you to do a Joy-Con, but if it's the console, you have to shake the console. <laughs> I don't want to break my console. Yeah. See, this is actually... So, I've been 99% a portable switch player this is the first game i've played any like i played it almost completely on my tv so far hmm. and with the pro controller like i i really haven't done that with any other game and pro control i haven't tried in portable yet so i don't know how that'll work but pro controller definitely i mean you need to shake the pro controller which is a little unnatural but it works obviously <laughs> a little more natural than shaking the entire console yeah. Oh, definitely. yeah. It makes the hat maneuvers very frustrating too. Are those tied I, to motion controls too? You can basically throw the hat with just a button press. There are more complicated maneuvers, uh. like specific aiming and homing. I haven't found a whole. I mean, there's times when they're useful, but not really necessary, in in my opinion. Yeah, but it, it still doesn't feel as well as it could if. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Like this. Yeah. So so obviously two out of ten. No. Um... <laughs> Pointy elbows. <laughs> two out of ten. I look. I look forward so, to. Uh, I look forward to the review that ends up with the three out of ten, because mm -hmm. of the fact that the dog couldn't find the moon 
um, that you were looking for. <laughs> no, it's most definitely because you cannot pet that dog. <laughs> yeah. Either that or the uh, uh, there. There's this RC car mini game, and it controls like complete garbage. So like an RC there's car. also that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's true to life. They didn't have to make it that realistic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Yakuza Zero, Yakuza One, and Super Mario Odyssey have a shared history this year <laughs> with its RC car games. Yeah. Oh okay. man. So there is um. So as I, me- I I mentioned the pile of games. Um. You know, for some reason I couldn't. I I didn't wait just for Mario to come out. There was a there was an actual sale on the eShop on right now. And I picked up uh, several games. Uh, one is Shovel Knight, which I'm sure we've we've all talked about at length. But that's mm-hmm. you know, great game. Pick it up if you don't have it. Uh, I picked up Thimbleweed Park, which I have not gotten really a chance to start yet. The other one, which is on sale but it's brand new and it's twenty bucks, um, that I picked up and I've only played a little bit of it so far, um, is the, the Mummy Demastered, which. Um, Admittedly, if I didn't have game credit on my Switch, I probably would not have picked it up, but it's a way forward joint, and I really like their work they did. You know, DuckTales Remastered, the Shantae games, they they know good old-school style games. And uh, it's based on the, I, I haven't seen it myself, but going by consensus, the really terrible Mummy movie that came out this summer starring Tom Cruise. Um, it's based on that mummy movie. It is. It is. Oh and my god! Yeah. So, so you can see why this thing would get like just completely buried. And and I'm not going to put my stamp on approval on it just yet. But um, Patrick Kleppen from Waypoint bothered to write an entire article about like, hey, this game is actually good, and you shouldn't miss out on it. <laughs> you know, it's. I mean, you necessarily shouldn't necessarily take your attention away from all these huge games coming out. But if you're looking for um, something that's a little Metro—it's—it's it's actually a very Metroidvania type game. Um, you don't play Tom Cruise; you play some random soldier, and it's got this cool hook where um, you know the, the zombies attack you and you die. You just fill in as another soldier, as another nameless soldier, but you have to go pick up your equipment from the now undead soldier who has all the equipment abilities. So you have to beat him to get your equipment back. And um, hmm. and it controls really well. And like I said, I I played two hours, so I'm not I'm not very far into it. And it it's soup and it is very hard. So I may I may never finish it. Who knows? But um, but it's if you want a good old school like Metroid style game and it's got a little running gun action in it, um, this would be a good one to pick up. It's twenty bucks. I'm just saying, you know, if you're if it looks interesting, don't discount it just because it's a licensed game because it's probably one of the better ones to come out in a while and it's actually good <laughs> hmm all right well you know i definitely did not expect yeah. the mummy based on the mummy well, style i'm pretty sure this is not the first time uh way forward has done some licensed game that's actually good tied to a horrible movie teenage mutant ninja turtles movies that were actually good for example I I am a a huge Tom Cruise fan. One of my one of my favorite actors. The Mummy may literally be the worst movie oh. I've seen him in. Yeah, um, see, I haven't. I I was I was ready to go see it. I'm not a Tom Cruise hater. I've seen almost. I've seen most of the Mission Impossible films and really enjoyed them. Um, but this, yeah, that just seemed like oh my god, no. <laughs> it 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 goes places, man. It goes mm. places. Uh, <laughs> 
and it uh it does not go anywhere uh near a good story uh anyway <laughs> um i personally have not been playing much of anything beyond uh that game paragon i've talked about for the last three or four weeks and when i say i've played that i mean like three or four hours of that in total this week uh, so there's not really, not really much to say new there. New mechanics. What is that like two things. matches? No. Well, see, here's the thing, Daniel George. Since we first talked about Paragon, they have gotten match lengths down to like 20 minutes. So like for the most part, unless you're in like a really competitive match, you're not going to be in a match longer than like 25, 30 minutes maximum. And then, like, matches that are, like, you overwhelm the other person can be done in, like, 15 minutes. So, it's not that bad. bad. <laughs> well, it's more like if you're a good player and you know what you're doing and the other players are new people who have zero idea, um, you can easily just overwhelm them because they don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know how to do things. Yeah, all, all of that good stuff. Um but yeah, so I've enjoyed that. That's fun. Um, it's a good uh, time waster after hours after work. So let's get into the news of the week. Um, so there's a there's a lot going on in the past week. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to 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 start off with a uh, a little bit of a minor success story. So Papers Please was a small indie game on the Vita that then ended up getting brought to uh, other platforms as well. Um, all about like um, people trying to get their immigration papers. And now there is a short film being made based upon that as well that even includes some involvement from the director of the game itself. So we got a first look or I should say a final look at the trailer before this short film ends up getting released. And it looks pretty good. Um, did you all get a chance to watch this trailer? I mean, I wrote about it, so I had to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, DG, the people don't know that. <laughs> they would if they oh, went um, to apptrigger.com. <laughs> uh, one small correction, Martin. You said it came out on the Vita. It's uh, never come out on the Vita. It was on it, PC. It didn't come out on Vita? No, wow, what I, did I... I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for the game right now. It still says TBA for Vita, by the way. <laughs> I reviewed the... Yeah. So that's a never. <laughs> I reviewed the game. It was actually one of the first review codes I've ever gotten from a developer, I think. Maybe? Mm -hmm. Question yeah. mark? I'm, I'm Ron I'm... Burgundy? I could have swore this game came to Vita. I think this is no, probably what... It's actually one... not been on any actual consoles, as far as I can tell. Windows, Linux, iOS. No It was it. No I... consoles. I know it was supposed to come to Vita at no, some point. No, it was point. supposed to. <laughs> Just never did. But the idea that it was from Vita and then uh, ported to other consoles. That I was also wrong. Money, it'll show that up was on also Switch wrong. before it shows up on Vita. <laughs> I, I, am, I am so confused. I, I think I confused it with, uh, what's that Media Molecule game that's like cutesy with paper and all that stuff? Um, dang it. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Tearaway. Yeah, there you go. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, uh, that Tearaway. is not like Tearaway at all. <laughs> I am not saying they are like each other. I'm saying I mean, because of the paper, paper. In some way. <laughs> because of the paper in my head, I just was 
thinking of Tearaway. I don't know why. Anyway. Job simulator let's... equals Tearaway. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. Anyways. We, we I, have I, our time. I... We, have our, we have our moments. Um... <laughs> okay, so I... I'll talk about this a little bit because this was one of my favorite games of twenty fourteen. Uh, sorry, twenty thirteen. Um, it's the the I'm I'm not sure about how the film will operate because it's a a short film, and b the gameplay was a big part of Papers Please because it's very subtle what you're supposed to do if you're not paying attention. Because you're just a border guard um, for Arstotska, a fictional uh, dictatorship country with people trying to immigrate here for some reason. I guess it's worse than other countries. But um, anyways, you, you're at a border crossing checkpoint and people are supposed to give you their papers, please. And uh, it starts out like you get like a passport... But then some people are forging passports, so you have to do, like, an ID check with another piece of paper. And then, you know, you, you start getting, like, if you're, uh, people are bringing weapons through the gate, so you have to do, like, x-ray scans if anything's suspicious. But you get docked money if you don't do it right, or if you let people who shouldn't let in, in. And you have to use that money to kind of, like, feed your family, make sure they're well-fed, well-rested. But at the same time, you have characters like Georgie, um, Sergiu, who uh, they need you to let certain people in or, you know, they, they play to your emotions. So you might have to take a monetary hit and your family could get uh, worse off. But at the same time, if you can let someone in who, let's say, is going to make some big revolutionary changes you could further a plot that could just be cut off if you don't let them in so for a movie to do this uh a short film will be interesting it's in uh russian from what i can tell and uh it seems to be an independent film uh low budget so it's not like they're going to have a long focus on you know all that x-ray technology and that kind of stuff i mean, i'd like to see michael bay's version yeah, it's just all explosions. <laughs> it's it's only the fighting incursions that happen. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'll I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll definitely be interested to see it. I've I only know of the game because of its praise, but I I certainly will watch a short film about it because yeah, I don't I've, have I've, time to play games. I've heard a lot about it on podcasts. I'm just. I'm not much of a PC gamer to begin with, and it just sounded like a not only. I mean, I heard it. I heard you can, you know, finish more or less. I mean, I don't think you ever can really win per se, but you can finish it in like a few, like what, twenty minutes or something. Oh, you can't. Yeah. You can't do it in twenty minutes. I mean, um, you could yeah. fail maybe oh, okay. twenty minutes. I just heard it was a really short game. It's a few hours, like okay, from my hours. recollection, like you can do it in maybe three maybe six it's been a few years since i played it but it also has like extra like kind of like score modes like um there's an endless mode uh it's all about time because you you pretty much have to run people through the day and if you don't get everyone then you don't get as much money 
So it's a balance between your morals and your um, your personal drive to keep your family safe. And uh, there are like multiple endings, depending on how you want to go about things. Okay. Sounds yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying not to spoil it because it's really, really good. Hey man, you say should no all more. buy it right now. Say no more. You should buy it and a ticket to your local Russian theater to see the film. <laughs> all right. Um, so we also had uh, a little bit of news about the fate of Mass Effect Andromeda's Quarians. And it will be completed, and you will know it if you buy the book tie-in to the hit game Mass Effect Andromeda that will come out next year when no one cares. Like I don't think any many people care now, and you know, it, could it at least be a choose-your-own-adventure thing? That'd be more the spirit of the series. Yeah, it, mm, mm. <laughs> I don't. I don't even understand. Like, why even do the book tie-in at this point? My, like, my you, guess <laughs> is the my guess is this was contracted before the game was even out, and it was probably cheaper to finish the book and just shove it out there than cancel the contract. That's the only reasoning I can think of. Hmm. Because yeah. why? I mean, video game tie-in novels don't have a great reputation to begin with, and I mean, I've read a few. Some are fine. None are great. A lot are terrible. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't really read book tie-ins to most yeah. things. I've read, I don't read movie book tie-ins. I don't read video game book tie-ins. I just kind of the whatever it existed at in its first form. That's kind of what I stick with. Um, <laughs> you're, you're probably again. I've, I've read, I've read a couple Mass Effect novels. I've read a couple Halo novels. One or two random ones here and there that I don't re- recall at the moment. And none of them are fantastic, so. Yeah, I I always think it's kind of, uh, uh, it's like when they try to do, like, because, like, comic books try to do this with, like, movies. They try to have, like, a, a comic book tie-in, and you're just like, nah, man, I'm not reading that. Oh, not even no, comic not book movies. I've seen, you know, if you go, if you actually go into the few brick-and-mortar bookstores that are still remaining, you'll see, like, prequel graphic novels for upcoming movies, and I'm like... Who is yeah. this for? Yeah, nah, man, I'm not doing that. <laughs> the I, hardcore I, I, people who some... go to a brick and mortar store gotta watch, read their prequel novels for terrible tie-in movies. Yeah, you gotta go get that prequel novel for Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. That's what you gotta go get. Uh, oh, <laughs> but yeah, so Mass Effect Andromeda will close up the loose ends of the story with a book. So anyone thinking that Mass Effect Andromeda will ever be anything else, uh, yeah, I mean, and I, it's done. That, that game has its fans. My wife finished it twice, and she's actually very unhappy that there won't be DLC because she's made me buy just about every piece of Bioware DLC there's been. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It, I I hope Anthem's good, man. Hope Anthem's good, because as, as we yeah. see, EA has no qualms, no qualms whatsoever with uh, shutting down. Um, but that looks that looks open world, so there's opportunity for loot boxes. So, <laughs> yeah, box. yeah, first yeah. off, uh, I've what? been saying this from the beginning. I have no. There's nothing that grabs me with Anthem right now. Yeah, zero, nothing. It looks really, really nice, and I can tell 
what they're trying to go for. That's not for me, and I want the old Bioware back. <laughs> Mommy, give me the old Bioware. <laughs> well, you know what you can't get, Dale George. What a can connect. I get? You can oh. no longer get a connect. Um, or I should say Microsoft will no longer be, you know, making connects anymore. They have announced that it is dead. Bury it. Um, Rest in <laughs> peace, the Connect 2010-2014. Oh. I mean, I'd yeah, say that yeah. prolonged motion control, but Nintendo's still doing that, so... <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, technically <laughs> like, Sony has the ability to do it, too. It's built into the controller. When you yep. use your... When you type on the on your screen, you can use the controller to just look around. That's the easiest way to do it. And But, yeah, I don't... I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do uh, with this... Uh, I'm still convinced that they probably could have kept making that thing, but clearly it just was never going well, to be what they wanted I, it to be anymore. I, I heard it had, you know, re I heard the technology behind it was good and it had other well-used applications, just games was not one of them. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, so that's, you, that's you its, have a its primary function. <laughs> you have a connect, don't you, uh, Daniel George? Yeah, I am one of the few people in the world that has a month one Xbox One, but mm -hmm. uh, it's I I anytime I had it plugged in, which was pretty much 2013 and 2014 before I had an before Bloodborne, pretty much I had an <laughs> Xbox One. I I but before I didn't like the Xbox One so much, I built a gaming PC. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that became my de facto thing and i was just waiting until bloodborne came out for ps4 gotcha it was just it was just a matter of coverage because um back then game cited was in like six months in when they started um when the xbox one ps4 came out and both um the other editors nick tywalk and michael straw had a ps4 and a Wii U or some combination of that. So decide it was decided that I was to have an Xbox One. Nice. Well, you know, I mean I I do, do you I know that Eric says he doesn't play his anymore. Have you no, turned it on? That's why the, the I, that's why this is a defunct segment of our podcast. <laughs> no I, one has turned on the no, 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 I do turn it on. I turn it on to watch the CW app because it's not on the PS4. <laughs> oh, wow. Well. The to day I can uh, my cheesy superhero shows. <laughs> to be fair, I do live in a house where someone else owns an Xbox One. Mm -hmm. He did. He bought it when I was out, and I, he didn't know I had an Xbox One. Oh. But uh, he got an Xbox One S, so whatever. All right, well, um, you know... I don't know, man. I, this, I, so mean, the, this I think is... the last time I seriously played my Xbox One was when Final Fantasy 15 came out, and I got on the Xbox One because it was literally half off. <laughs> nobody yeah. was buying it for Xbox One. So seeing as Kingdom Hearts 3, if it ever comes out, is also coming to Xbox One, I could see a similar situation happening there. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> I think for me it was the Halo, the Master Chief Collection review. No, oh, no, 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 that was shit, but, uh, no, it wasn't that, it was Just Cause 3. Oh, wow. They sent an Xbox One review for some reason, I don't know why, but Probably it wasn't a problem. Probably some marketing deal. 
Um, but for a review copy? <laughs> I mean, usually that's the ones we get, right? Like whatever is the main brand yeah. that they're spinning off, I guess. The last Xbox 360 game I reviewed was Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, which, yeah. And I don't know why I liked it so much in the review. I probably, that's probably my only one regret. I gave it too high a score. Mm -hmm. I liked it, but I didn't say where is my Castlevania like every other reviewer. (laughs) I gave it an 8 out of 10. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I look back on I'm like, I I must have liked how punishing the difficulty was for certain segments. People did not like the stealth aspects of that game. I'm like, well, (laughs) I'm sorry. This is the the game that's there. The stealth segments aren't bad. You just don't like Castlevania to have stealth segments. Right. Yeah. Which is not a valid criticism. It is a valid criticism. I just don't like it. I, I mean, like, in if you're, I guess I kind of think of it as if you're watching something or you're playing something and that thing does a thing, I mean, if that game pulls it off, it has no, like, if all of a sudden a first-person shooter segment existed in an Uncharted game, I wouldn't be like, well, this isn't Uncharted. I'd be like, well, I mean, that was unexpected, but the, the controls were still nice. It looked cool. I don't, I don't know. You're that doing... That 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 was the thing with um the Evil Within two, um, I don't want to get too far into it, but uh, the game does well to mix in what kind of gameplay it is. It's mostly third person survival horror, but there are segments where you don't do that sp- explicitly, and I like those moments. Sometimes they're frustrating because I'm like, oh no, I'm stuck. <laughs> Like I, if I I just like stumble into a segment where I have to hide from a murderous specter, <laughs> but those moments are fun and they're they're never too long. It's not like you're thirty minutes doing it. It's like five ten minutes depending. And that's why the connect is dead. I was about to say we have not talked about the connect at all since I started talking <laughs> about the connect. Um. Yeah, I mean, the Kinect is the last of the things that needed to die before all of Microsoft's 2013 promises were gone. Um, so, you know, with there's still an outstanding promise of Crackdown 3. I was just going to say, with that, uh, just waiting for the death of Crackdown 3 and everything will be dead from that first conference. It, wait, which reminds me, is Sea of Thieves still coming out? Sometime this century, it's supposed to, it's that in State of the Decay too. Uh, all of those, all three of those games are coming early 2018 now, supposedly. Sea supposedly. of Thieves again, still like Anthem. <laughs> Nothing. I I see where there could be a thing with that game, but I also know that that thing is not my thing. So I think if... that thing is keep rare alive. Yeah, um, which I hope is a thing, but... Mm, I mean, mm. Rare is not the Rare most people think of these days, so... Yeah, Same I mean, they, they, they might need to go into yep. uh, going back to making those avatars for the uh, for the Xbox, you know? That, that, that may be where that goes. Maybe um, they can make Kinect Sports here? Oh. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Not to... Uh, uh, 
distract from the main thread, but there's like, remember not that long ago when they're like, oh, we've got all these new inclusive avatars. I'm like, who still uses avatars? <laughs> it's like, it's great that you can put somebody in a wheelchair for handicapped people, but is anybody going to use that? I mean, I think it's just, it's got to be an Xbox thing at this point. Because I I think the same thing about like when I get um like I've had the same avatar thing for my PlayStation uh username for like five years. Like the game like it, I haven't changed it since I had a PlayStation three. And I get I have like many of them from like like pre order purchases or something like that. Like you just get them as you order things. So, you know, I see people change them from time to time, and I'm just like, man, you know the thing I never look at when I log into my console? What my avatar looks like. <laughs> no, I, I know mine's Captain Quark, because I've never changed it. <laughs> I think mine is a Call of Duty zombie from Black Ops. <laughs> the first Black Ops? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, man. All man. right, let's... Uh... Let's move on. We have a couple more Xbox stories because uh, every now and then they try to make it into the news. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we got Xbox games with gold for November, which, by the way, PlayStation Plus is just living on the edge these days. Like, I'm waiting for them to miss the first of the month, one of these months, before they announce, uh, or I should say the first Tuesday of the month, one of these months, before they like have to say the games are coming the news the that Tuesday, week. you know? Yeah, <laughs> like they're just gonna be like, "Yep, available now." Yep, these are the games. That's it. Uh, but like, I think one, I think I can't remember which month it was this year, but it was literally like a week of into the year already, and or into the month already, and it had started on a Wednesday, and they saw, announced it the Monday before that Tuesday. <laughs> but anyway. Um, oh. Games with Go for November, we got Trackmania Turbo and Tales from the Borderlands for Xbox One. And then if you are one of the people like me who has always turned this game on but never gotten past the first level, Nights in the Dreams is available Why? for Xbox 360 so, <laughs> and Deadfall I mean, will be I, available. I, I have a lot of nostalgia for Nights, but that like I had it on the Saturn. I was, you know, I... I think I'm at best a Nintendo apologist now, if, if any kind of fanboy, but I was a hardcore Sega fan back in that time. And, uh, but that game was not aged well. I mean, I even had uh, Christmas nights, and I used to play it every year when I still had a Saturn. <laughs> Which, if people don't know, Christmas nights was a like free release demo thing that uh, was two levels Christmas themed. That's all it really was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, those those are those are your games for your Xbox uh, in November, um, and also coming to Xbox is Xbox backwards compatibility with Xbox One, and yep, everything about that sounds just as stupid as it does. Um, the original Xbox has now backwards compatibility uh, on the Xbox One, and there are thirteen games coming out to start or out to start. And that is Black Crimson Skies, baby. Blood Rain 2, Crimson Skies, The High Road to Revenge, Dead to Rights, Fusion Frenzy, Grab by the Ghoulies, Ninja Gaiden Black. I I I know that that was popular. Uh Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. That game's good. 
Psychonauts, never played it. Uh, Sid Meier's Pirates, Red Faction 2, Star Wars, The Knights of the Old Republic, and The King of Fighters, Neowave. Um, Honestly, the only one that makes the littlest sense is Grabbed by the Ghoulies, because that's just trash. That is just utter <laughs> trash. <laughs> I, I played like five minutes of Blood Rain 1. I have a hard time believing Blood Rain 2 is also not trash. Um, I mean, I remember those games reviewing well. I think I played them, bounced off them, and I'm just like, ah, eh, it doesn't seem like it's for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever play the Blood Rain games, Daniel? No. I saw, I saw the, the terrible movie. On, I've seen uh, <laughs> magazine covers of Maxim with the Blood Rain lady yeah. on it for some reason. <laughs> I, I think she was in Playboy once, like the yep. digital character. Jeez. I was yeah. a kid then. I could not have owned one, but... I, I mean, it, made, it made news outside of those circles because it was, you know, video games in, in Playboy beyond a review. Yeah, I think it was pre-Marge Playboy 2. Oh, God, I forgot so that. It broke barriers. Wait, pre-Marge? Oh. She was in an yeah, issue. Yeah. They had Marge yeah. Simpson in an issue. I do re- recall that. Oh, Lord. Again, um, for the articles. <laughs> for the articles. Um, which, by the way, now it definitely is for the article since Playboy no longer does any kind didn't, of like. Didn't stuff they bring that. it back? I thought they brought back like so-called tasteful pictorials. I don't. I don't know. I have zero idea. I just remember it made yeah. the news one day that they were no longer doing that stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> it's funny because we had like you know contributors to App Trigger who have written for Playboy, so we should. No, we I can't mean, have them. I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking the writing in Playboy. That's, that's, that is something. I mean, anybody who says they go to it for the articles is whatever. But the writing that doesn't change the fact that the writing is excellent. Yeah. Playboy yeah. brings back nudity, saying its removal was a mistake. Yeah. Like <laughs> its anime. removal was a mistake. That's what the I mean, BBC.com says. I mean, I'm okay. I, I mean, I know we're derailing even more here a little bit, but I think I specifically recall like whoever is in charge of it now when they made a decision to remove it saying that, oh, well, you know, our studies show that this is not why people come to our website or read our magazine, which, you know, given the availability of, you know, what on the internet, I get that reasoning, but. I think that would still, you know, that would still affect sales in a very negative way. I think it's one of those things that market research can lead you down the wrong path, even if it's the right thing overall. Like, she's right. Because um, I think it's his daughter who runs the publishing arm now. Right. Uh, or Hugh Hefner's daughter. And she's right. Like, people, clear, like, I've read Playboy articles because Bomani Jones, who's on ESPN, He's written for Playboy a, a number of times um, about sports and all kinds of things, um, culture and everything. And oh, so, is so great. yeah, right. Like, it's crazy to think that I've watched that man from like Canadian sports radio to ESPN now. Um, Wait, what? He was on the he used to work for the score. Bomani Jones. Yeah, he had the morning Jones radio show. It used to. uh Used to pop up on there because I found them because of the basketball Jones, which is now on TNT or NBA TV, whichever one it is. Really? Yeah. All... He's from Atlanta, though, right? No, he's from uh, Houston. He grew up in Houston. And then uh, he went to school in Atlanta. He went to Clark Atlanta University. 
Oh, well, there's your Canadian fact of the day. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) You beat Daniel at his own game. (laughs) Everyone on his sports waves is coming from Canadian radio. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so because we clearly do not care to ever talk about the Xbox again, uh, let's move (laughs) on (laughs) to the September. They should play KOTOR on the PC. Come on. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I mean, kind I of like... still have my nice, my Xbox copy of Knights of the Old Republic, but I also have it on my tablet. So what? Yeah. <laughs> Can you put mods on a tablet? Yeah. I don't um... really do mods. <laughs> yeah. I, who, who would do mods KOTOR on a tablet? KOTOR 2 demands mods because that the game was not finished. Not finished, yes. And I never played the, you know, unofficially finished version of that, actually. I know of it. Pretty good. Anyways. Yeah, so let's move into uh, September MPD numbers, which saw the the hardware uh, spending go up, obviously, because we had um, the SNES Classic came out, and it was the top-selling Nintendo console in life-to-date consumer spend (laughs) in the first month of its release. Um, it was the overall top-selling hardware unit in the period as well, which makes sense as it was only $80 versus 300 for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch, or 250 for PlayStation 4, 300 for Nintendo Switch. Uh, so yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo's, Nintendo's coming up there, um, though PlayStation 4 is still the best-selling hardware platform year-to-date. Um we also saw Destiny 2 come out and become the highest grossing game of the year within the first month, um, beating out Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. So in case you were thinking that big franchises might be struggling a little bit, there you go. I Somehow Ghost Recon Wildlands, a game that came and went, and Destiny 2, a game that is still seemingly around, though a lot of people aren't playing it now. Those are the top two games of the year to date, right? Yeah, year to date. The best-selling games over the last 12 months are still Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Battlefield 1, Destiny 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, NBA 2K17, and then Ghost Recon Wildlands. So, you know, add a little bit more there after that. (laughs) The top five of the month, specifically the month of September, is Destiny 2, NBA 2K18, mm-hmm. Madden NFL 18, mm-hmm. FIFA 18, and Frog Fra- No, no, Mario and <laughs> Rabbids Kingdom Battle. That's surprising, that last one. Yeah, I think Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite being number six is not surprising, except that it's not higher than Mario and Rabbids no, Kingdom no, Battle. No, no, that is not surprising <laughs> at all. Well, I what a herb. I I know people don't like the game and didn't really like the way it was looking, but man, that's that's not a real win there. Definitely not uh, a win at all. Eric, I'm not sure if you uh were more familiar with the series before this game or at all. With with which one? With uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, uh, I mean, I I I dabbled in pretty much all the previous ones but i've never been a really serious fighting game fan so not hugely familiar but like i'm pretty sure this game has always been on the outskirts of like selling popularity but it has one of the most tightest knit like fighting game communities because like people 
like whatever game's going on, people are asking when's Marvel. Sorry, when's Marvel? Marvel. Marvel, baby. When's Marvel? Um yeah, I mean, I think it I think it'll have a pretty good fighting game community uh around it. I just I just thought that that would be bigger. That's all. Um but was you it know. was it someone here who was talking about they're doing something with the infinite stones in their fighting game tournaments? Um I have no idea. Um so yeah, yeah, I think they're doing something. <laughs> yeah, it's called uh Battle of the Stones or something. Mm-hmm. Where pretty much there are major tournaments that players go to and uh they get access to a certain uh, stone uh, when they get to the Battle of the Stones competition. Like, uh, for example, the Space Stone allows the Stone Bearer to swap their position in the bracket and face a different opponent. Um, apologies if you all hear alarm in the background. Apparently someone decided to make their alarm go off on their car. I don't know if you can hear it, but I just want to barely say it hear it. <laughs> I thought I heard like a noise. I said nothing. It'd be fine. I didn't hear it until like, cause I heard Daniel. Then he like got quieter. And then I was like, Oh, that probably can be heard if I can hear it through my headphones. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Marvel versus Capcom infinite is doing a fun thing where like each of the Marvel power stones, have an effect within the fighting game tournament. Hmm. Interesting. So that's interesting. So like, as I was bringing it back, like the fighting game community for Marvel is very defensive and like well ingrained and very supportive and obviously hype for the game. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that it's not the people who aren't, buying this game are people who like really want x-men mm-hmm. and never had like a, a big interest in the series yeah so they they they've got the people who are going to spend the money on the game they just don't have the people who went, might have randomly thought oh i might buy this that's all um so yeah it's um so yeah that those are our top games for the month and uh it's I didn't expect that Destiny 2 would be number one for the year after the first month, but I also had no concept of how much money Ghost Recon had made. Um, And NBA 2K18 at the top, I'm not surprised by. But it did somehow, like, supplanting uh, Madden in the first of the year is kind of crazy to me. Um, Again, this is just in the United States, so I'm pretty sure FIFA is probably higher up there as well. Um, um so yeah that is that is the npd news of of this i look forward to the battle of october because october 27th is past guys and obviously you both ended up playing super mario odyssey but we have a wolfenstein 2 review up on apptrigger.com now as well and then we also have Maddie B working on Assassin's Creed Origins. So, you know, Death Day has come and gone, and it seems like most people are clearly coming out of it saying that uh, Mario is, is the winner. But um, is there anything in November that you all are looking towards 
in the same manner that like October 27th was like a day. Is there anything in November that you all are looking forward to? I haven't uh, see what's coming out. Yeah, um, see. I, now it's 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 the tail end of October, but there is a new Steven Universe game out Tuesday that I'm pretty excited about. Um, but uh, aside from that, pretty they... much November seventeen is going to be the the final day day. Oh, um, Skyrim on Switch. I want to see how that looks. <laughs> and same with uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and Star Wars Battlefront two. Oh, it's yeah. not as big yeah. a day, but you got, you know, three interesting things going. You know what I didn't realize? Call of Duty World War II is out November 3rd. Yeah, man. I Hopefully I will be reviewing <laughs> that game. I did not realize that was that close. I definitely thought it was later on in the year. Or I should say later on. There's only so much year left. (laughs) I I mean, like later on in the month. (laughs) And and they have to release it, you know, by a certain time to get those sales in. So, yeah, true, true. It'll probably have a a good Black Friday sale where it's like $35 or or whatever that may be. Um, But yeah, I think it's. uh, I was looking at, you know, because October had a lot of games in it um, just in and of itself. Um, including Bubsy, the Wooly Strike Back, which is clearly the game of the year. Uh, <laughs> That's not even out yet. No, it's out. That's out Tuesday. I just was it's looking at the Tuesday. Best Buy ad online. Yeah, um, it has a physical release. Why does it? Why, why is this a game? And why does it have a physical release? I, I like, hope who's going to see physical... that in the store and go, "Ooh, I missed Bubsy. I want more Bubsy." <laughs> oh, God. I, I hope that it has a physical PC release as well, just to be more confusing. <laughs> well yeah i mean i just thought weird. it was weird that november is relatively light i outside of nintendo switch because they got resident evil revelations coming doom coming batman the telltale series coming and um skyrim elder Skull skyrim but like call of duty world war ii then the next big game really i mean i guess it depends on how you think about sonic forces um, and what you think that's going to be? Oh, I, 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 I put in for a request for that. I want to see the car wreck, especially since, especially uh, since I reviewed Sonic Mania. Which, despite you know, despite the re- you know, you're thinking what some people think a seven means. I did like quite a bit. Yeah, and I think uh, oh, there's man. there's The Sims Four coming out to the PS4 and Xbox One. There's some PSVR stuff, but yeah, outside of Battlefront Two and call of duty world war two there there's not much in terms of big third party uh publisher games coming out it's almost like they learned from last year and the year before where they kept sending games to die in between this time period <laughs> where well, you know there is i mean now it's gotten to the point where there almost is no safe time though because you got that first you know january maybe and maybe a little bit of february but starting in like march there's always a slew of games now too so it's like there's almost no safe time to release games now because it's just it's just year round. Yeah, I mean, I think December is still a pretty safe place for anything that is like niche that you just want to catch people who are going to be off for a period of time during there. I think that's a good spot. But October is literally the worst time to put a game out. Like the fact that Assassin's Creed Origins, Super Mario Odyssey, and Wolfenstein Two are the same day, like. 
I'm looking for I not looking forward to, but I can imagine the articles next month yeah, where actually, we're talking I, about. I don't know if you saw this. There were some people claiming that Mario is going to tank Assassin's Creed sales. I'm like, those seem like very. I mean, <laughs> not that people won't get both, but those seem like very different audiences. Like, right. I can't imagine somebody who wants Assassin's Creed and has to pick between that and Mario. Going well, I guess I'll go with Mario, or or vice versa. By the way, <laughs> you know. It's, Plus, like, I mean, there's only so many Nintendo Switches in the world right now, and there's way more PCs, Xbox Ones, and PS4s. PS4s, yeah. I I, I just think, to me, like, the... I'll be interested to see who ends up being the quote-unquote loser of that day in a month um, when we look at the sales. I think it's... I mean, I don't know about actual sales numbers, but I would bet Assassin's Creed just because, you know, that sale... that series has been on the decline for a while even with you know people saying this new entry is one of the better ones in a, in a long time yeah i i guess that's where i'll be interested to see if the critical acclaim of the other wolfenstein and the and its dlc will carry over into this one just because the the track record thus far for uh for bethesda's individual games has not gone very well this year I just posted a uh, tweet from Wario 64 at someone's Best Buy, and it's pretty much they. Pr- uh, whenever there's a game release, they have these huge metallic old carts to hold the games that are about to come out mm-hmm. that people have reordered. Yep. Uh, once one of these racks that has PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo games is fully filled up with Super Mario Odyssey. And uh, on one side, and on the other side, the bottom third is filled with Odyssey. The top is filled with PS4 and Xbox One, Assassin's Creed, and there are seven Wolfensteins. <laughs> yeah, it's that's... that's obviously one Best Buy but, somewhere. But also, it's I, I think it's a thing of you know that's very anecdotal because of you know a one Best Buy and digital sales and they never seem to you know nobody's completely transparent about what their sales numbers are (laughs) yeah i think assassin's creed origins will make more money because it's loot box well yeah (laughs) but chests that are open with helixes that are mostly earned through money yeah yeah that's uh well yeah well We'll we'll see what ends up happening, um, but I'm I'm very curious to see how overall sales in November will be, considering there's only really two big new games. I mean, I'm excited for the Horizon DLC that I think is this. I think it's that month, um, but I I think that's I don't know the exact date, but I think that's around the 17th too, like either a week before or a week after. Yeah, um, but yeah, so. Be very interesting. Uh, November seventh. So, November seventh. Oh, that's November sooner than 7th. I thought. That's, that's yeah. That's a little sooner. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I know what I'll be doing November seventh. Um, yeah, I'll probably. Oh, I don't have Horizon anymore. And I think you need that for the DLC. So I'll just wait till the uh, complete editions on sale, which I know I is coming out. I don't know if you need it. I think they made it. I think it's supposed to be. Isn't it I don't know. I'm almost positive it's not standalone. I know the Uncharted one was. Yeah, it's definitely not supposed to be as big as the Uncharted one. But um, let's see. Horizon Zero Dawn DLC. 
um, yeah, to wilds. use the sta- I'm on the page right now. To use the standalone, you need Horizon Zero Dawn. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So yes, cool. it's oh, not it's it is not standalone. Gotcha. All right. I was I was under the impression it was, but I think that's just because well, all of Sony's other ones thus far have I, been. I that think way. most of Sony's other ones they're contained to a certain thing, and theoretically in the Frozen Wilds you can travel back and forth. Yeah. So that'd be the whole game contained in the what fifteen twenty dollar expansion. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> right? might be a little hard to justify. Right. Like, oh, what what is this kingdom, and why is no one here? There's. <laughs> There's no story in this area that I'm walking through. Um, all right. So the other big news of the week. So there, there's there's a couple of them. But I want to start with um, there's a new gaming forum in called Reset Era, um, which is founded by formal personalities, members, and mods of NeoGAF, as well as Twitter, that are all... Uh, coming up for this gaming forum and um as somebody who is a part of this and only ever lurked on neogaf this is like a hundred times better um <laughs> well they don't have a night mode so no <laughs> not i didn't even know that neogaf had a night mode and while i would appreciate what, what, what you, wait i okay i'm i'm immediately like i know what happened with neogaf but in general i'm out of the loop what what would the night mode what is it even is the night mode it's just dark yeah, it just has like a black background instead of <laughs> instead of a white one or a gray one in this case. Yeah, it's also called Resetera, like etcetera. Right. Oh, is it? Is it's that? Gotten, it's no, it's I called, thought it was supposed to be like the Reset Era. Like this is the new. It's we, both. We, we, it's both. <laughs> okay. The off-topic section is called etcetera. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in, when you go into like any of their new threads and stuff, everything is all about like this is a reset. So I've been like, all right, man, I don't know what the what the branding on this is, but either way, it all works. Um, plus, I like the color scheme better. I like the layout better. You can quote things easier. I don't know. Everything about it just feels better um, and feels cleaner than uh, the grime that was seemingly left over at the, the old bottom. Place. The bottom thread of the front first page of Resetera is six minutes ago the most recent response was six minutes ago at the very bottom of the front page on neogaf it was one hour and 47 minutes from now hmm. yeah i mean that that just kind of shows you where the uh that the shift has has pretty much happened they have um let me see they they do give statistics on how many people there are so there are 17,964 members of uh of reset era as it is right now um so it will be uh very i i don't know what to say anymore now daniel i don't know if it's resetera or etc i don't know uh, <laughs> but you can uh, say both i think resetty <laughs> the resettlers of, uh, <laughs> tommy resetty um <laughs> they also don't have a hundred pages per post per page that's frustrating yeah yeah that that it does make it a little bit more difficult there but i'm fine with that mostly because they also have like a https secure version of the site you can visit which is great um so traffic can be encrypted a bit uh and then um uh they, you can't do it now but i was able to join with my gmail account so this 
<laughs> it's perfect for me. I'm just like, yeah, this is great. Um, but yeah, so given everything that is uh, that went down with NeoGAF and its founder and all of the horrible communication and things around there, um, it looks like they are trying to start fresh, start new, and start in a way that is far more transparent. Um, so I do wish them the best of success, as well as to um, I didn't I haven't gone to that forum in particular, but Open Critic having their forums, I hope that they have success doing what they're trying to pull off too. Um, it was only a matter of time, but having more options of places to go is always good. I think for them, at, uh, it was pretty much look. We want to bring. We want to get those people over here. We thought of doing a forum. Let's get it out now because people are finding a reason to leave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's perfect. I mean, it's it's all about opportunity. There's been plenty of people who've left NeoGAF and tried to make their own forum, and it not worked out. Um, I have seen it firsthand. Uh, mostly because I like following this stuff just from a, well, let's see if they can actually do something here. And usually that ended up being nothing. Um, oh, uh, I got a breaking, a breaking story <laughs> from the BBC. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. You got e-sports. it. Esports. The International Olympic Committee is considering esports for the future games as early as the Paris 2024 Wow. Yeah, let me read this uh, word for word. Uh, the Olympic governing body says esports can provide a platform for engagement with the Olympic movement. However, to be included, the content must not infringe on the Olympic values, which I think involves violence. Yeah. Which you can shoot <laughs> pistols, but mm-hmm. not at people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Only August... at frisbees. In August, the, tw- the Paris 2024 bid team said it was keen to discuss the introduction of esports with the IOC, adding, the youth are interested. Let's meet them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What's happening? The youth. The youth. What's the happening, youths. fellow kids? <laughs> what up, kids? <laughs> I feel like they had a moment for the IOC. (laughs) I feel like the IOC had that moment like Skinner and the Simpsons where they were just like at first they were like, no, no, it can't be me. The the children are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And now they're like, you know, we should probably think about this a little bit. What's what's going to be frustrating is that it will. So it will be part of the 2022 Asian Games, which are an official olympic event but the first olympics with esports will not be in tokyo that's Hmm. upsetting interesting very interesting just because of the timeline (laughs) well i mean i guess it's it's only about time i want goku to light the olympic torch in tokyo I mean, you know, that would actually be pretty cool if they did have them all come together and, like, you got the, like, a person from Overwatch, like, Nathan Drake running with it, and, like, as you go through different areas, like, different people get, that'd be pretty cool. Like, I can see Lara Croft lighting the Olympic torch. It's mostly going to be Japanese characters. They've already said they're going to have anime at the Olympics. Oh, I didn't like, know that it's was a part, thing. It's, it's part of Japan's... It's one of their biggest cultural exports. True. 
I mean, I certainly don't fight you on that one. I just didn't better than some of these horrific mascots, <laughs> like the Barton Simpson 2012 London Olympics. Wait, Jesus. Bart Simpson was a London, you know, Bart I, I, and Lisa. I I don't know idea about it. I'm just gonna let you have that one, and say that was weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's cool. Um, this after is our... an established thing, by the way. What is an established thing? The the logo for the 2012 Olympics. I I I just assume the Olympic are always the Olympic rings. I mean, I haven't. No, they have I've, I've never paid real attention to the Olympics, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, oh. Wow. I definitely did not know that that was a thing. Wow. I did. Man. I feel yeah, like I was really out of the loop on this. <laughs> yeah, it's frightening. In oh, context, man. too. Okay, so um, with the the new game informers around, um, there's obviously been a lot of conversation of things. So I got three different things we can end the show on as a discussion. So there are three options here. We got the behind-the-scenes look at the de-evolution of Visceral Studios. There's Jason Schreier also doing a New York Times piece talking about Crunch. And then we have the Washington Post profile on voice actors and the SAG after strike, which y'all uh, most interested uh, in. I, I want to talk um, with, oh, j- just one of them? Uh, I mean, if, if you have longer thoughts on one of them, we should talk well, about let, that one. Visceral games. Visceral yeah, I, games. I have thoughts on Visceral games and not so much on the other ones one way or the other. So. Gotcha. All right. So let's yeah. let's. Let's go to the Kotaku's and let's talk about what happened to Visceral Studios. Who Big week for Jason Trier, either way. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like he's everywhere. Yeah, he's dude, got his dude, book out somehow, there. Like, like, uh, yeah, he get he has a knack for getting people to talk to him for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. Think, like you, even under anonymity, a lot of people don't talk about these kind of things. So. At least not in a way that they unless want you apparently to your your uh what's his name who was on Waypoint a few days ago talking about Andromeda. Yeah, man Veer. Man he was, was great. just like I loved I love that like that brutal honesty was fantastic. You never hear that. Yeah, he was just like, Fuck it, I'm never working in a big studio again and it's done. Yeah. Let's uh let's blow some shit up. <laughs> like, like i mean he did it he basically did everything short of naming names because that right. probably would have been a complete death knell for it for whatever company he's starting yeah exactly like, like you know people should definitely not be here <laughs> <laughs> oh, and those man. people are still there <laughs> all right so so let's give the lowdown on on this whole thing so obviously last week we talked about um, you know, single player games and the death of Visceral Studios and their current iteration of the Star Wars project that has now been taken over by another team. So Kotaku comes out with the report this week um, after a pretty good lead in of you'll want to pay attention to this in about an hour um, where they talk about the game that was previously known as Ragtag internally. Um, that was being directed by Amy Hennig at Visceral and all of the various things that are the reason why this game ended up dying. And, and it, I mean, reading through this, the fact that it was single player on its own seems to be a part, but definitely like a minor part of the overall issue with the game. Um, 
so just to kind of start from the beginning, obviously, Visceral Studios is in San Francisco. So there's a couple of different. They're, they're in Redmond or something. Yeah, it's Redwood the, Shores. The Bay, the Bay Area, I think. For Eric, you're the expert. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. You I, lived in San Francisco. They say it's in San Francisco. I mean, obviously, yeah, it could I, be. it's I a huge city. You. So it could be in anywhere. But either way, San Francisco is well, expensive. It, San Francisco is a densely packed city. And yes, it is. I mean, the whole Bay Area is expensive. But San Francisco, like, dials it up to 10 yeah, I mean, people pay like a million dollars for parking spaces. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> so it's like San Francisco, South San Francisco, San Mateo, mm-hmm. then Redwood City. Yeah, yeah, that whole area of uh, yeah. Of my, my sister lives in a little uh, seaside place called Pacifica, and it's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a nice little neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, so Visceral Games was working on the game Ragtag, what, but what was previously also another game, um, let me see if I can find the name of that game. It was... Jamaica? Jamaica, yeah. It was a, a space pirate game that they were making. Or no, they yeah, were, they were no, making... No, it was just pirate. Yeah, they were making a pirate game. Then they pitched a space pirate game once Assassin's Creed Black Frag was Frag, Black Flag, Flag was Frag. coming. <laughs> yes, you throw grenades the entire time. Uh, <laughs> but then they turned it into a space pirate game once they saw that was happening, and then it got turned into Ragtag upon the hiring of Amy Hennig, who was coming on to make a game for them, and then they EA had bought star wars so it turned into a star wars game directed by amy hennig she's coming on specifically to make that project so visceral has not at first because one of the interesting aspects was that because uh battlefield hardline just needed to get out the door amy hennig did scripts and cutscenes for battlefield hardline yes yes that's so weird (laughs) right like you're just sitting there and you're like so the Miami Vice stuff that they were doing in Hardline, that was all right. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Oh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I really think, like, I, I mean, we all seem to agree that th- that uh, the cancellation didn't really mean a- mean anything in the long term for single player games. Yeah, and yeah. I think this this article just highlights that I don't think EA knows what the hell they're doing. Like that, like. Like when it comes to anything beyond like doing, you know, trying to shake money out of people, basically. (laughs) I don't know. Like as well, like whatever their bigger thoughts as we get to the end of the kind of breakdown. But like, it's clear that there's EA. Most of EA was the higher ups were kind of sympathetic to how Amy Hennig wanted to do things, but then, like it became a lot more complicated over time. I do think it's one of those things where EA, you know, EA has all the problems that big companies, you know, gigantic companies have where you've got, you know, so many people you have to answer to. And, you know, one person, you know, you could have 80 people go all go, Oh yeah, this looks fine. And then one person comes along and goes, no, this is terrible. Fix, you know, change everything. And 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah, I think Henning like, the... seems to be taking on way too much, and you know, visceral. You know, okay, they made two really awesome games, and most they of those people might have been gone by the time they started work on Star on a Star Wars game to begin with. So. Yeah, I oh, mean, and- the, the, the other thing that they mentioned is because there's two teams, like the people, they even caused some own resentment within the studio because one team gets stuck on DLC for Battlefield Hardline, a game none of them seemingly wanted to make. And then the other team got the Star Wars game. So, AKA um, the chosen ones. <laughs> one thing a lot of people seem to think that I want to clear up because I think even Jim Sterling hounded on this note. Um, Visceral has always been an EA studio. They started out as like EA Tiburon. Like no, I, it like says, EA Redmond Red or EA Redmond or something, or but Red they've always Red been Red. an Electronic Arts studio. People are like, don't, I mean, not that this changes what Electronic Arts has a history of doing, but there was no studio to sell to Electronic Arts. They always were part of Electronic Arts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People could put away <laughs> their, their cartoons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it doesn't, it doesn't even necessarily make the agreement less valid because EA has this history of closing down studios that they acquire, but Visceral's always been part of EA. This one, like, after reading the story, seems to make the most sense, logically. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like it made sense before they even put them on Hardline, to be completely honest. Like, they tried multiple things for Dead Space 3 to try to make it make enough money. And then they pissed everyone off who liked the old Dead Spaces, but the old Dead Spaces also didn't make enough money. So it was kind of like these were these steps to try to save the studio, and then they just kind of fell through. Uh, I I mean it's it's one it's weird though because it's definitely not the same as like it's not like when Sony shut down uh, the studio that made drive club, right? Where that game came out and it literally, whoever was in charge of quality control clearly didn't test anything to do with the internet. Um, (laughs) And so it releasing was on them. And the fact that it needed to be released at that time and none of that stuff was ready is like bad project management at that point where you're like, well, we got to push it out the door, but it's not ready yet. Um, and this feels like a project manager that was like, look, we either can keep going down this path or we can just admit defeat and put our resources elsewhere that may be better used. And in this case, whatever game that game was going to be in the next year, it wasn't going to be the game that everyone thought it could be. Yeah, I remember seeing, like, before we are leaving for work yesterday, just, like, everyone saying, oh, that game sounded awesome, oh, fuck EA, why couldn't this be, like, th- it was too ambitious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... even even somebody, you know, they have a quote, it was probably a mercy killing, so the, so the, the yeah. actual, people who actually worked on the game seem to think, no, this thing was a mess, and it would have taken... Uh, probably a hundred million dollars to fix it and put it out in a in a when it was ready. So no, that's and, well, the... and fix it and put it out doesn't include five different characters with their own AI and feelings and like stormtroopers that could be scared. Yeah, and yeah. like yeah. I mean, well, that... I don't think you know. It doesn't even sound like like I mean, ostensibly you hire Amy Henning to make basically Star Wars Uncharted, and that 
doesn't they, you know, that doesn't sound like Star Wars Uncharted, really. You well, don't, Bill. But the problem is they didn't want her to make Star Wars Uncharted. They wanted her to make Star Wars excellent story linear game. That and makes that, a lot of money. And when they got to the platter, <laughs> the Gate 3, aka uh, that they mentioned, that platter demo of three different things was like, oh, that's where but, that happens on Uncharted. That's where that happens in this game. Right, but it seems like like from the start they hired her for something that she wasn't really experienced in and didn't really have a, a, a at least a solid or really saw a grasp of what she w- even wanted to do in another direction. Yeah, they tried. <laughs> so I think the most interesting part of this to me is remember when Jade Raymond was tapped to lead Motive, and that was or the new EA studio in Montreal. And that was meant to be like they were creating the dream team of uh, of Jade Raymond and Amy Hennig. And in this, I mean, it doesn't look like she was on board with whatever this game was at all. Well, well motive. <laughs> okay, so I did go to Montreal, full disclosure, uh, mm-hmm. uh, thanks to EA for mm-hmm. uh, uh, paying for travel. And uh, I did get to see the breakdown in how the game was made. I think Criterion was making the space travel and flight and vehicle movement. Mm-hmm. Um, Motive was making the single player campaign and uh, and uh, what's it called? Um, Dice. Dice were making the multiplayer and um, you can definitely tell that EA is set up that any pretty much any big game now requires multiple studios working on different parts ubisoft's been doing this for a while like any far cry like uh far cry 5 the shangri-la aspects were uh ubisoft toronto Mm -hmm. like uh multiple studios working on a game is pretty much how these big games are made because you get the people who know how to do the good stuff Mm -hmm. work on their specific thing how it looks like at the end of this project with EA Vancouver, which I barely even knew what EA Vancouver does, was that it seemed like a culture... Like, everything about this is so messy. They pretty much broke down the structure of management for Amy Hennig because Mm -hmm. that's how it was done at Naughty Dog. And they were... EA was completely on board... And mm-hmm. then several years go by, and they have barely anything. They barely had a, a demo working two years after working on the project, and they were spending like weeks on getting the door animation for a two for a minute demo or like thirty second presentation for an E three slider. Like, yeah, it's you could. I'm frustrated just by even like hearing it. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. it seems like they were trying to do too much and spread too thin, especially Amy, because Jade Raymond gets off scot free in this article. Yeah, I mean she barely she barely gets a mention actually. She well because her, her about her. Well, that was the thing that I thought was interesting was that her studio was tapped to make the other half of this game, and then because the original Battlefront got killed for not having a single player then motive all of a sudden gets pushed on to making the single player for star Wars battlefront two. And now the studio that was supposed to be making a game made for 160 people to design 
Now they have half of the team. They're in a flattened structure that doesn't really make much sense with one person making all the decisions. And then they got another team to help them that made the multiplayer for Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. And now they're coming on to make multiplayer for this. They're in like they have new structures in place. So like literally, I just thought it was interesting where it was like it was a couple years ago where it was it's Jade Raymond and Amy Hennig making a game together. That should be great. And little did we know, like, oh yeah, motive didn't get bigger. They just got moved. They're no longer making that game. This studio was left out to dry pretty much, trying to make a game they're never going to finish with half the amount of resources they planned for. And it's, half the original vision. Yeah, yeah. Like and it's it's I don't know, man. I I think this is this is definitely one of those things where it's like big companies have big agendas and what was I, I think they actually put it right when they said it where, you know, the way people want to play games and what they want to play, like they put the effort into like people wanted to play Star Wars Battlefront to the point where thirteen million people bought it. They got all the feedback that said the single player was the biggest thing missing. And I don't think that they're going to have a higher sales number necessarily. Um, But I do think they'll have better reviews of the game. (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah, they expected a 90 Metacritic on their first game too. Oh, yeah. that that Yeah, that's... Man, I was just like, they had no realistic expectations. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, honestly, that's the picture that was paying for me that, you know, I mean, granted, it's much like making movies, making games, like, at least on a big scale, seems to be a miracle that anything ever gets made. But yeah. EA really seems to be a place where it's like just total chaos. Like, <laughs> my favorite part, yeah, the, it, as much as EA seemed to be receptive to, like, giving Amy and Visceral as many opportunities as possible. That doesn't mean that there weren't moments where it's like, okay, well, FIFA Ultimate Team gets us a billion dollars a year. Where's that in this yeah. game? Where's that hook? Yeah. Yeah. There was, I... yeah, there was a monetary hook and a gameplay hook. Like, it seemed like the advanced <laughs> AI was going to be their hook, but also at but the same time... That doesn't make money. Time, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, you're making a seem to be grittier not star wars 1313 m-rated gritty but like you had a daughter of a mob boss and like a walrus man yeah <laughs> and todd stashwick i'm uh, sorry uh dodger <laughs> as the main yeah. character yeah i mean i don't know man I, I i listen to everything about this game and while i am interested in a star wars ocean 11 kind of game like they were talking about like some of the stuff they were trying to pull off was like i mean well yes it would be cool if the ai could get disturbed by you turning the lights off like ultimately uh, that would have meant like nothing to me overall in the game like it would have been like oh that was cool uh but i don't know there there's a lot of stuff that they were trying to plan for or trying to put in that i was just like i mean i don't see any reason why that has to be in there like, I... <laughs> like there's there's only two kind of properties that have kind of embodied that level of attention to detail. One of them is the Metal Gear Solid series, and, and the, the other, other is Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, and whether or not those games, like those games, have great reviews because of a lot of those things. But like, 
a lot of players will never be testing the limits to like make that stuff happen anyway. Like they're going to be like, those are with studios that have been around and producers that have been around for years, if not decades. Right. And there's an established love for those series in a way that you can really test because you know what players are going to do. This is like trying to plan for players trying to do a ton of stuff in a game they've never or a series they've never seen or heard of before. I think they expected uh, to sell, you know, like like they just expected to sell on Star Wars. That's that's really all they cared. It has a Star Wars name attached. Like here's yeah, I mean, Lord only knows how much thing. EA paid just for, just for the exclusivity to make those games in the first place. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, that's the frustrating thing about the Star Wars aspect too. Like you the the only like real individual non non like movie baseline villain or property that's been hugely popular outside of the seven movies now has been Thrawn and that's now seeping into Star Wars Rebels like there's no kind of now canon character that's made outside of the movies that star wars fans know a lot about so they're kind of trapped with where's chewbacca where's my jedi why are these space rogues why do we care why are we putting a lot of money into this that kind of mentality seemed to be for like a semi like reasonable expectation from marketing's perspective yeah, I think the most unrealistic thing that they had in here was the idea that this first brand new game was going to have a brand new hook that was going to change like like it was going to have like um a distinctive thing, but it's like it's it's the first game. It's like there's a character that's distinctive or there's a setting or or something, but what they did I I guess Michael thing was like so like you're like what's the difference between this game and like what's it going to be like what's going it's like it's a single player Star Wars game. There hasn't been one in what was the last one? Was that the 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 one with the guy with the Force lightsabers? Force Unleashed. Yeah, yeah, the Force oh, Unleashed. No. The one with the guy with the lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like they're gonna make a they're going to make a game about people who are not the Jedi and all that stuff like that. And it's gonna be a Star Wars single player game, like with heists in it like that all of that stuff was cool and they were like well what's gonna be distinctive about it and it's like it's a star wars heist game that's the distinction i thought at least maybe i still say uh throw some lightsabers in there yeah i mean you you could you certainly (laughs) could you know you could throw phasma in there she could be the people person coming at you i don't know like you throw you throw the finn in there Finn could be one of the characters. This is Finn's there origin story. No. He was a st- we saw his origin story. What are I you talking about? I'm trying here, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, anyway, I'll, all of this just points to the, uh, the, the main thing here is um, being a big company, making big money decisions. It looks like this one actually came down to mismanagement more than anything else um and uh not necessarily mismanagement on hennig's part 
or on EA's part or like on specific people, but just like overall this project, this idea, it was brung about for reasons that uh, basically were like, we bought this license, we need to do something with it. And everything from this studio was already not succeeding as much as we want. And, you know, we ended up with what seemed like was going to be the end of this studio anyway, um, as it was after Dead Space 3, just prolonged a bit. So, yeah. Any other thoughts on uh, on good old Visceral? Never build anything in San Francisco ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see the remnants try and get something going on Kickstarter like with so many other companies. Yeah, I mean, I I will be interested to see what this game ends up being if it ever comes out from EA Vancouver. But um, yeah, I I just don't see um a, much of a way that um there it'll be anything like what this game was explained to be. <laughs> oh man! Anyway, let's tell the people where they can find us. Daniel George, where can the people find you, my man? Uh, you can find me at um, the Ice World. I forget the name of these planets in Super Mario Odyssey, but <laughs> I'm like Sandland. Uh, you can find me in Super Mario Odyssey playing a lot. You can find my writing at apptrigger.com and on the Twitter app underscore trigger. Uh, you can find me at it's Daniel George uh, on Twitter. So I'm hoping to find some time to stream but i don't think it'll be until after i upgrade my computer uh, i'm hoping to get into some darkest dungeons stuff because that's that's a great opportunity to have people be upset with how you're not optimizing your play character playout um and you can find me at surviving tribal writing about survivor every wednesday it's getting good 8.2 million people saw it during one of the greatest world series games of all time so it's still holding strong all right and uh eric chrisman where can the people find you at my man uh twitter real adc30 you can find my game writings at apptrigger.com uh you can find my pop uh, pop culture writings at fansite.com uh since i'm not sure when i'll be on next i do want to give a cheap plug to a upcoming project i worked very hard on it's a slider uh ranking every single movie contained in the gigantic dc animated universe anniversary collection uh coming out november 7th we sh it's being looked over right now by our fan sides nick twilek and he hopefully will have that up a little before the box set comes out november 7th all right and uh you can find me at gotmab21 um uh, you can find my writings about various video game things on apptrigger.com and you can also find the show at ScreenLookerPod on twitter as well as facebook uh you can watch or watch you can listen to the show on soundcloud stitcher and itunes and you can also email us if you have any thoughts about anything we said at screenlookerspod at gmail.com. And with that, we leave you with a quote from one of the greatest video games of all time, Assassin's Creed 2. Wanting something does not give you the right to have it. Good night, everyone. Good night.